What's up, WWE Champions Universe? Welcome to Champions Chat, the fastest growing podcast dedicated to WWE Champions mobile app. I am the evil Skull King, Rusty Graves, and with me as always, the champion of Eternia, Lee Brown. I'll take it. You know, He-Man was my favorite thing growing up, so I have the power, Rusty. And how are you doing, sir? You do have the power. I was actually thinking about He-Man the other day, and um, maybe a omit, glaring omission from our game is my favorite character on He-Man. Help me remember his name. Was it Orko? He was kind of yeah. The, so Orko's there's no semblance of him as a champion's um, character in the game. That that'd be really cool to see Orko come at some point. That would be cool, although it, it might get a little bit uh, dicey. Uh, like, who are you going to have be Orko? Like. Hornswoggle comes to mind, but then you start getting into like sizeism and yeah, and you, yeah. You know. He doesn't have to be small. He doesn't have to be a little person to to play a little person in the game. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this is not quite the turn I thought we were going to take. Mentioning <laughs> but, uh, what's going wow. on? We've got a guest today. That's right. Well, uh, on the Champions Chat podcast for the first time, we have Mike Fish from our. Uh, favorite uh part of our history in the black pearl and from the waffle box podcast mike how you doing i'm good how are you fellas thanks for having me on absolutely it's great to have you here so we're going to do something uh special this episode we're, we're starting a multi-part series on running a faction because that's something rusty and i have no insight into whatsoever we've been officers we've never started we've never tried to maintain then we're going to talk about the current MLC, and as always, we're going to get into WWE chat. But Mike, you run the Black Pearl, big yes. part of our heart, love the Pearl. Why don't you tell us, how did that get started and why? Well, before we get into that, I would just like to, you know, mention the elephant in the room, you turncoats. What is it up to, <laughs> what is it with you Americans turning your back on the British, huh? You can't get enough of it. Um, oh, I knew it was coming eventually. Guilty as charged. We we deserve it. Just just go ahead. Keep it PG, but just unleash on us, Mike. Go ahead. That's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. No. So wait, what's the question again? <laughs> what's the it question? like starting a faction? Why did you? Oh, go no, ahead, no, no. The, well, the real question is, what is it like to have such a sexy voice? Yeah. I mean, I don't I really notice it because for thirty-one years of my life i was surrounded by people that sounded exactly like me so there was there was no uh arousal for that one but um <laughs> yeah it seems to be doing all right it seems to be doing all right it helps me out well for those of us new to your voice what um, are you from england right i am indeed is it the north are you a geordie from the north have you ever heard of geordie no I, i'm not <laughs> i'm from the southeast essex if you ever if you're a big fan of reality TV, if you ever Google the only way is Essex, it's basically our version of Jersey Shore. It's that's kind of where I'm from. Where wasn't there a show called Geordie Shore? There was indeed. That was and you trust me, it's England very England's very strange in that you can go from one area, drive an hour in one direction, and suddenly everyone sounds completely different. It's so the, the spread of accents is bizarre. Well, all I know about it is is from my experience with with Doctor Who, the Ninth Doctors. Lots of planets have a north. That's you're mm. from the north. Lots of planets have. I'm a from north. the southeast. That's, that's all I 
He's an Essex man. He's an Essex man. I'm right? just, if you know where London is, I yep. am about like 30 minutes drive east of London. Is that Russell Brand? But you're not there anymore. Now you're closer to the Jersey Shore. So you just, you followed the shows and, and you just went from the Essex Shore to the Jersey Shore, right? No, I just followed the New Jersey Devils. It's like, well, I, have, I was born in Essex County, England, and they play in Essex County, New Jersey. That's where I'm going, baby. So that's, but yes, Russell Brand, uh, good mention. Yes, Russell Brand and I went attended the same school. We are. So are you we serious? Both, we was both raised in Grays, Essex. If you look that Incredible. up. Interesting. And I actually Crazy. have a picture. I'm not going to show it because it won't show up, but there's, there's a I always have to save a picture whenever someone mentions Russell Brand because that's the only reference from my town. I always go, yep, yeah, this is me and him together. Incredible. There you go. Well, we can put it on the YouTube version of this. The The audio crowd will have to just find us at Champions Chat Podcast on YouTube. You just send it over. I'll put it on screen. Just imagine Russell Brand standing next to another Russell Brand that has shorts <laughs> of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're, oh. tall, you're tall like him, I'm assuming, right? You know, six. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's like a maybe an inch or two taller than me. He's a tall fella. Yeah, yeah. I okay. love the waffle box merch that you're lifting up right oh, there. No, no. That's brand placed perf- right on screen. I was I originally that. drinking out of a, just this big giant's glass, but I was like, no, quickly switch to the merch. Switch to the merch. <laughs> um, Sweet. but before we move on, because so, you mentioned yeah. about Masters of the Universe, what they need to do, I thought because they remember they had that Rocky tie-in a couple of months ago. Yeah, have a merger have an Ivan Drago character with a He-Man skin because Dolph Lundgren played He-Man in the Master of the Universe movie. That's right. Mm. That's right. But Boom. Dolph Lundgren and Hulk Hogan, famously not a part of that Rocky event, when they seem to be like well, shoe Hulk Hogan, we, don't, we, we understand yeah. why he's not in it. Probably. Right. Can I just thought <laughs> we, we, we often asterisk that. Yeah. Since, we're ta- since we're talking Eternia still and Motu, Masters of the Universe, let me just say this. Some people like Lee have for years wondered why why did they not make Hulk He-Man? It's a no-brainer to make Hulk He-Man. I've heard that I've seen I've read the question on Discord. I've read it this week as we have revisit Motu. I think the only reason they didn't do it is because these these characters were inspired by a Mattel toy crossover and I don't think they wanted to sell He-Man with a skullet or bald. I don't think they wanted to have a bald He-Man and they didn't think the toy would sell. That's just my theory. Lee, any response to that? Well, El Nino posted, I think it was El Nino, in the uh, in the Discord, uh, the Mattel lineup and battle armor He-Man in the Mattel toys is Hulk Hogan. So there's precedent for it in the toys. Is he wearing a helmet? But I, we, uh, he's got the red you know, red and black or red and yellow kind of chest plate. And if you hit it, it spins around right. and all that. But I, I think it's more the asterisks that uh, Captain Jack mentioned there. Oh, sorry, Mike Fish. So we've always known you as Captain Jack in game. Yeah. And then Jack Stone and then Mike Fish. It's like Jack Stone is the best wrestler name I had heard <laughs> aside from one. Yeah. Aside from one. When I went to uh, years and years ago, I knew this girl. Her name was Meredith Slaughter before she got married. <laughs> and uh, we were talking and she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, my dad, Butch, blah, blah, blah. And I went, wait a second. Your dad's name is Butch Slaughter. Like, isn't that That's the best good. wrestling name ever? Butch Slaughter. So Jack Stone feels right along that line. But then we start watching Waffle Box and, and it says Mike Fish. Uh, 
what's up with that <laughs> well so jack stone has been always like a pseudonym that i've used on games whenever you have to enter your name from like a very young age i was like i'm not putting in my real name people could be watching me and all that stuff. so i always came okay. up with a fake name and jack stone came from um the shining you know all work no play makes jack a doll boy and then i was working as I'll keep this brief but i was working as like a the front door at a casino and i would have to welcome members swipe their card and their name would come up with the age and the photo so we could verify and all that good stuff and does someone come up her name was Goldstone. And I just thought that's a really cool, like James Bond type Goldstone. Yeah. And so I flirted with Jack Goldstone for a little while, but it sounded weird. So I just changed it to Jackstone and the rest is history. And then when the black, when I created the Black Pearl, Captain Jack was just like, just right there. How could I not use it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Can I ask so a question? About, can I ask oh, a question, Mike, real quick? And we'll, and we'll get into the faction. Mike, do you remember in the Attitude Era when Mike Tyson was really excited about being the ref at uh, WrestleMania? What was it, like fourteen? And 14. and he in the press conference he got so excited that he said, uh, "Cold Stone." You remember that one? <laughs> Instead of Stone Cold, he <laughs> called it Cold Stone, the name of the ice cream shop here in the U.S. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I was thinking when you said Gold Stone. And we'll get. Yeah, I'm gonna mute. <laughs> And we'll get serious. You're good. You're good. We go places sometimes. That's the way it works. So you, you mentioned you created the Black Pearl. Rusty and I have no perspective on what it is like to create a faction in this game. Tell me, why did you create it? And, and what did that look like? So when I first joined the game, which is, what, creeping up to seven years ago now? Yeah. Somewhere, I think. I was, I was one of the early ones to hop on because I had a lot of time on my hands after I just moved to America. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of playing about. I joined one faction, and it became pretty intense. Um, long story short, I became like an officer or whatever it was. And then they started talking about mergers, and we're going to split everyone up into tiers. And, you know... It, each month you can qualify for to go up a tier or down a tier and then it became like this whole like what is this is do i need a spreadsheet like it was so complicated for me at least then and i didn't like the fact that you know we'd been building up this faction and then suddenly half of the people all of a sudden wouldn't, wouldn't be worthy enough of being in the faction or that to requalify to get in the faction so i didn't like the whole merger idea so you know i'll admit at the time i acted like a child in the chat and just started being a dick. Sorry, part of my language. But um, they would invite other people in from the other faction it was merging with, and I would make fun of them until eventually I got kicked out of the faction. It's like you're not involved, not invited anymore. So I just started to create my own faction. I was watching the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and I was like, ah, the Black Pearl just sounds fun. We're pirates. We're renegades from this other faction. Um, luckily I have still had connections from the other faction through line i still use line remember that kids um and so I, I got some people on board pun intended and then we just kind of went from there recruiting um then it's you know the rest is history but yeah it's it creating affection is easy in fact you know it's just a click of the button but the it's the recruitment is like gee that, that's almost a full-time job yeah yeah i mean you you've mentioned that so 
So take a sec, uh, give, give a shout out to the Black Pearl. This is your recruiting moment. You got 20, 30 seconds, go. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Black Pearl is just a, a faction where if you want to just play the game and you like playing the game, but you don't want it to become a full-time job, no offense to the factions that have requirements and things like that. That's how you do. That's how you roll. That's all good. Um, but we, yeah, well, I kind of, when I created a faction, didn't want to have to feel like I had to be on the game at a certain time or had to be hitting this much. I just want to play the game. It's a fun game. I just want to play it. So it's it's a faction for like-minded people who just want to play the game on a regular basis but not have to feel like you have to hit certain requirements. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty simple as it is. So it's, in that regard, it's pretty easy to run that faction because you just have to keep making sure people are logging in. And that's about it. Nice. Nice. And so you said the hardest part of running the faction is recruitment, is getting people somewhat level of engaged. How do you how do you handle that? Like, how you know, for those who are listening, maybe they're running a faction or maybe they just need to hear a, a, a faction creator's perspective so that they can empathize with what their faction leader goes through. What does that look like on your in your schedule, your life? Um, One, I think the key thing is you have to know what type of faction you want to run otherwise because if you just create a faction and you're recruiting and then you're just going for you it can become a mess and take up more time than you want it to so you have this key idea of like this is the type of faction i want and then from there it's you know for me again i can't speak on how to run a faction that's in the top 50 or top 10 or top whatever so i don't know how they do it but for me it was just about creating a culture um so getting as many people of the members onto the, the lion chat. I know. Yes, we're still online. I can hear your voices now, but whatever. And, but just creating a, a little mini society, you know, creating. So making sure people are active in the chat by talking about anything, not just the game, just about life, about, Hey, what movies you've seen? What? So just create this kind of nice environment where people feel at home. And I think that just naturally breeded the kind of vibe that we've set at the black pearl where people just hey, just, they just want to hang out they just want to hang around you know like yourself you know you're not going too deep in it but people leave it's fine you know if you want to venture on and get the big goals there's no hard feelings but what's what i think we've done really well and what i take as a you know a tip of the hat to our group is that when people do leave the faction they still want to stay in the chat because they enjoy part of the community so and that's at the end of the day that's all we wanted to do create a little community for people that are playing this game and having fun yeah well i mean if you listen to the the podcast around the time we made the decision to to go to a, oh, a higher did. rank oh, fang- I faction <laughs> i know i bet you did is, uh, it was is he, gonna, is he gonna talk bad about me is he gonna say something? <laughs> can i just say can i just say too um everything uh mike just shared um so it was such a good culture and uh just to affirm for years we enjoyed and still um enjoy the friendships that we had there and the best i don't you didn't mention it but the best was talking um during the live events the the premium live events and having line just blowing up everyone's watching the show together chatting about the show that was my favorite stuff and that's why um the pearl uh if i ever get to a place where i want to um you know yeah i i would i would love to go back at a, at a point I mean, you, can, and you I, can come back in a chat if you want yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i got a down, i got a download line again but uh 
<laughs> wow, you you that's deleted the app. That's how much you wanted to get rid of us. Wow. wow. I don't think I left the chat. I think I just deleted the app. So hopefully, I'll, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's still it. Anyway, I'm gonna go back. But that to- reminds me, we were you talking about the PLEs and stuff like that. Well, we haven't done it for a while, but even it got stupid where we were doing movie nights where we'd all agree on a movie to watch, and then we would sit there and live text each other. Oh my god, that happened. Yeah. yeah. No, that was great. That's the, so you hit on it and I don't want to leave it. The culture piece, I would say uh, you ruined us for, for other factions. Like even in the fact where we went, we, we were looking for top faction, but we talked about it on one of the other episodes, rewards based factions versus family first factions. And we were like, we, we want to get more towards that top end, but we, we also don't want to leave this atmosphere, this, this culture, like, you know, Peter Drucker famously said, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? I mean, if you have a good culture, it changes everything in there. And the Black Pearl has an amazing culture. That's part of why people want to stay in there. That's like a blueprint for, hey, this is what a good faction looks like. And if you follow some of the chatter that happens in the game, uh, you know, you can see it in global chat. You often see it in, in the Discord conversations where x faction we won't name any uh but but you all have seen this happen implodes because egos get in the mix the culture isn't right or like what you said like oh we're going to move everyone based on some ranking system you're going to do this you're going to do this people get upset they go over here like it all comes down to culture and that is the hardest thing to get right and i think that's one of the things the black pearl does so well and you being captain of the pearl uh Congratulations. That's awesome. Like that is to be commended, sir. So well, yeah. thank you. Thank but you again, it's all that. down to good recruitment and how you put yourself out there. I remember uh Miss T, who was one of my first recruit I recruited her for the previous faction I was with. And the way I recruited her was saying, Hey, this is what we do, blah blah blah. And also on Fridays we wear wacky socks. Like it was <laughs> okay, sure. So it's like that you set the set the tone and you get you get good people. That's right. That's right. So what's the most frustrating thing about leading a faction other than recruitment? We've, we've hit that. What's the most frustrating thing? For me, at least it's the most frustrating part is when, you know, I think you actually kind of mentioned this or touched on this when you was discussing um, when you left the faction is that you do sometimes, you know, you, you set up this kind of chill environment, but then, you kind of you see some people okay is it getting too chill and that it's losing like where you get some people where there'll be a tour coming up which is like a four-day tour so it's like plenty of time to do it and you don't there's no requirements on the characters you just play it and it's points to the faction or whatever and you just see like 30 people haven't scored anything you're like the whole purpose of this but is to have fun but play the game like so it's so you, right. that, you have to toe the line of, look, I don't want to ruin the vibe, but also, hey, can you do something, please? Like, you have to prod them. Like, So right. chasing, it, it's, it's, it's awkward in that sense. But other than that, other than that it's, it's, it's very easy. You know, I've got a good, like I say, we've got a good group of people in the, in the, in the faction, good group of the leaders. Um, and it's kind of a self-sufficient kind of animal now. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. And then uh, not to change too far from that, but, you know, we uh, we we actually started this podcast to help engagement in in the Pearl in the game. And then uh, whenever we 
made that jump that, that we've referred to. The recruiting posters initially had home of the Champions Chat podcast. And then we cha- you changed it, which we very had to change so it because we were no longer the home. home of the Waffle Box podcast. <laughs> yes. So talk to me. You are a podcaster on uh, on different topics than the game itself. But yes. what's what's Waffle Box? How'd that get started? Um, Waffle Box got started between so it wrestling related ish in that. So me and Kush Hayes, um, who I do the show with, we met probably like twenty years ago now on an old wrestling forum message board. Um, and we kind of just stayed in touch, uh, and then we just started to podcast together. But then the whole idea was it to be. You know current affairs, but not the other current affairs. That's that's kind of how we put it. You know the other current affairs. So rather than talking about you know the, the crazy stuff that's going on in the world, the miserable stuff, depressing stuff, hey, that stuff needs to be talked about. But hey, maybe some people want an hour or two where let's just get away from the real world for a second. So you know I scour the internet week after week looking for top stories in the week, but most of them are like, oh, did you know this this. This, did you see this bear in California broke into someone's home and stole all of their beer from the fridge? That's funny. Like, we just talk about all the weird stuff that's happening in the world. And then right. we remo- review a, a current movie that's out. And then we do like a birthday quiz. So which celebrity's birthday is. And then I talk about that. Actually, I'm happy to see it. So this is kind of the weird stuff that we do. So this past week, it was Tara Reed's birthday this week. Do you remember Tara Reed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Look at his eyes light up. Yeah, Josie and the Pussycats and uh, Scrubs, all sorts of things she was in. Careful, yeah. careful, boys. <laughs> yeah, but like, so I, have, <laughs> so I quiz Kush on the birthday person, but it's like the knowledge of like, for example, Tara Reid was born in Bergen County, New Jersey. Which NFL franchise that plays in Bergen County made Tom Brady their B-word during the previous their previous two Super Bowl victories? Like that's the kind of quiz that we do. The New York um, Giants. Yeah. All right. Sports Ten points. <laughs> yeah, he's, his knowledge isn't that much on sports because his answer was the New England Patriots. And I was like, what? I mean, he played for the Patriots, but why would the New England Patriots play in Jersey? Anyway, let's move on. But um, yeah, and then we end on a, a feel-good story of the week. You've muted yourself there, Rusty. Oh, yeah. I'm on mute. There we go. I'm going to stay muted for a little bit. Oh, so you, I saw your lips moving. I was like, is he struggling? Is he struggling? A little bit? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just kind of all over the place. It's, as you know, doing this, we end up, we always plan to go an hour. And then before you know it, it's like, oh my God, it's like nearly two hours talking. So it's just, if you if you want a podcast right. where, you know, something to just put in the background while you're doing your housework or driving somewhere, it's just two fellas talking about the nonsense in the world with a light-hearted twist for an is hour. Is he also British, your co-host? No, he's from San Francisco. So he's very, oh. very American, West Coast guy. Nice. And with a name Surfer. like Cush Hayes, you can you can understand what he gets up to in his free time. <laughs> I think that might have been Matt Riddle's uh, original gimmick, Cush Hayes, right. you know, the original bro. He's, he's not. He doesn't say bro. Thankfully, Cushes. He's oh. not that guy, but because I think that would get annoying after a while. Like Matt Riddle's cool, but if I had to hang out with him for two hours every week, I think I'd lose my mind. Yeah, it'd be like on that season of Community where where uh, 
Chang, the Chang character was using his name in every sentence. Like, let's Chang the conversation. Let's like, okay, if you say bro one more time, I'm just <laughs> lose it. Plus, um, he seems to have a problem with indecent exposure as well. I think is Matt Riddle's ultimate right so not only does wow. it oh, i thought you were talking about the the waffle box podcast i don't know well, Matt i'm Riddle. still in the line chat that why you got in tr- didn't you get in requests. trouble for numerous indecent exposure uh infractions well i mean I, as i always say if you've got it flaunt it but there are certain <laughs> you know there are lines that don't just do it to anyone right, right. i've never right. flaunted it so i must not have it uh, I just wouldn't understand. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we don't want the asterisks next to your name uh, in addition to, uh, you know. Oh, man. Hall of Famer asterisks. Whoops. So I got to say, yesterday, uh, the, the Ghostbusters trailer came out. I did not watch anything else until I watched your reaction. So oh. your Waffle Box reaction was my first introduction to the new Ghostbusters trailer. Yeah, was, I watched it, was, it alongside you. And it was a terrible reaction video, wasn't it? It was like it was like at midnight, and I was like, "Ah, I've got something to do. Let's try this. Let's try something new. I've never done a reaction video before, and that's why, I guess. That's why. Well, you know, now you're gonna have people watching it just to see, just to just to put comments and drive engagement on the Waffle Box podcast, right there. So at Waffle Box Pod on YouTube, or there you go, go to enjoywafflebox.com if you want to listen to this Spotify Apple Podcast version. Yeah, and you and you Twitch stream this game too, right? I try to beat um, champions game. Yeah, so at only Mike Fish on Twitch. Um, I do it very sporadically, so don't you know follow me by all means, but don't expect um regular t- streams. But I don't know whether it was a, a me issue or a game issue, but I the 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 portal was laggy as hell yesterday, and so I tried streaming i managed like 45 minutes and i was it was like after each game you have to wait like three minutes to get to the next one it's like okay i can't do this anymore this is <laughs> there has been something going on with the latest update i feel like the the web browser version of the game um is is still catching up to the mobile version as far as like yeah trustworthy what, what made me laugh is that in sorry to jump in there but in the when you're playing on the portal in the corner it says this plays best on Chrome or Firefox. I was on Chrome, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll switch to Firefox. That'll be better. I put up Firefox, logged into the portal, loaded the game, and all of the buttons just had like special characters. Ah, oh, three, four, five seconds. Okay, no, this is all a foreign language now. Okay, brilliant. I have no idea what's going on. Let's go back to Chrome, I guess. <laughs> that was the Eternia uh, alphabet that it had converted yeah. into. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, speaking of, unless, Mike, if you've got other things you want to say about faction creation, running a faction, we could start talking about this MLC because a lot of stuff has changed. Turn up the heat. Turn up the heat. This MLC is called Turn Up the Heat. And it is, uh, I'll do a quick overview. It is focused on Thanksgiving turkeys and rounding them up in scavenger hunt faction. But not only is it focused on turning up the heat, its focus is essentially on pitting face versus heel and uh, also somehow pitting um, class category like striker versus trickster and giving specific class advantages. Moreover, we're seeing um, 
mutants in the game this week and masters of the universe he-man characters which of course we've given a lot of airtime to already but the real focus of the mlc is on attitude era as well as is it ruthless aggression that they're also featuring nugent Nugent. So, so, so that's a lot guys. I mean, that's a 30,000 foot overview. Basically we're doing everything we can this month to catch up on the things that we've not done this year. And I'll go to mute and we'll talk about this MLC. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think uh, when, when Davey, uh, I think a professor uh, alongside him did the blog reveal, but certainly Davey reading it, Everybody was losing their freaking minds because of, oh my gosh, this is changing, that's changing, this is changing. And as happens, we've talked about this on the podcast before, negativity bias sets in, this is going to be the worst thing ever, and then that causes people to go, well, this is going to be the best thing ever. Uh, in reality, I, I don't see it being that monumentally different. A lot of subtle changes but the subtleties is where you start to have to pay attention a lot more because because like you said this feud feud perks have changed talent up change to around be around the feud and if you take a trickster in that has purple moves purple gems you're going to lose if you take a striker in or someone who's using black moves like dx triple h is going to be huge this feud uh they're getting buffed so it's like what they started experimenting with on the showdown changes are being applied to feud but what i like the most about it is with the talent up moving to feud specific and you know if you saw our video on on my talent up and stuff like i was initially thinking oh there's no talent like i've saved all these moves talent up is gone and then in reality it was functionally the same it just does something a little different. It, it just goes towards feud as opposed to just the overarching MLC and then it's done. So Can I ask you a question as just the uh, naive voice of the community. Yeah. When are we supposed to buy feud perks and how do I know if I actually have currency for the feud perks the turnbuckles I, like i'm confused like i did talent up i maxed talent up i got the moments i actually got four new moments incredible but i have Crazy. no clue how the perks interface with the talent up and when i'm supposed to cash in those turnbuckles and see what i actually have so i've done nothing help me lee <laughs> so the perks system changed a lot with that so now the talent up is going to give you the turnbuckles that go towards feud and there's going to be a talent up the week before every feud so at least twice a month now so they've at least doubled the amount of talent up although they've reduced the initial you know instead of 800 it's 500 now but then there's going to be two so it's you know however that works but uh you get your turnbuckles by doing the feud talent up and then you use them for this weekend's so if you're listening to this day of release today, tomorrow, you've got that time to go ahead and do your, your feud perks still takes the universal turnbuckles, but it does also require uh, these new feud perks and you equip them, but then they're going to go away after the feud. Whereas before it was a month long feud perk and you just did one time it worked for regular feud. It worked for flash feud. You're good. This time, every feud there's going to be a talent up which will allow you to earn turnbuckles which you then use on your feud perks that are specific to that exact 
feud. Do they roll over? Like if they're unused, do they roll over to nope. the next feud? Nope. Um, they're very specifically to that feud. Let me just say, I clicked, I went ahead and I clicked feud perks as you were talking. And what I'm first noticing is this is turn up the heat faction feud perks level one. There's no longer a differential between offensive and defensive feud perks. Um, and so right. you used to have to choose, right? I'd have to choose. I want to push yep. all my offensive perks up first and then whatever I have left, dump into defensive. Now there's just one category to click. Yep. Yep. It's just one thing, but it's going to be each feud. So that, that makes your talent up even more important. It's not just, oh, I might get a strap. I might get this. It's now like if you want a feud, you got to do some talent up. So let's let's park there for just a moment. Tell me, uh, Mike, then Rusty, tell me how your talent up experience went as we started this MLC. Uh, I really liked the changes um, to the talent up personally. Um, but it was a bit at first confusing reading the notes of like, oh, hey, by the way, so normally we have a talent up in week one, but we're, we're, we're scrapping that. There's no talent up in week one. However, so we're just doing talent ups before feud, but there's a feud week one. So we're introducing a new talent up in week one. So there will be a talent up in week one. It was, right. it was very like confusing for a second, but no, I like the changes they've made. I, I think they've changed it for the better. You know, the rewards are, like you say, a little bit different than they used to be. Um, but I love the fact that they've now introduced, kind of merged the TP contest into the talent up and yep. there's unlimited spending of coins to get there because I can understand why they limited that because they just didn't want someone with a bunch of coins stashed just maxing it with spending coins. But at the end of the day, to talent up, you need to spend coins, so they should count in some. So I really like that. I, you know, I personally went up until the last one. I didn't really care to spend two hundred extra million coins because I'm not rich like you boys. But next to have a two hundred million. Look at me! I'm look at me! I'm spending a billion coins just for fun. Um, but uh. <laughs> So and hey, I didn't I, the I did that, for the content. that that, that was, was pretty outrageously, faith, but that was I knew going into that, and actually I had that plan before they made the announcement. I'm like, I'm going to spend a billion coins just to to get the content going, and then they announced it. I was like, they've ruined my plans. The video that would end all video, and then it it was fine. It was fine, but yeah, I did. I <laughs> spent a billion coins. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm Ted DiBiase Jr. No, 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 no. That's another bad one. No, let's move on. All right, back <laughs> to you, think, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I think you're Ted DiBiase Sr. Let's leave, let's let's leave it at <laughs> the million dollar man. This episode is brought to you by the symbol for the asterisk. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, that kind of, what, what are we talking about? Weird people dropping a billion coins, but you didn't want to drop your 200 million. Cause that was too. No. And, and a... personally the rewards, like, cause I know the, the last milestone was the, the what are they what are they called the the moments the moments, bag. The moments. I, yeah. I don't care about the moments um because half the time i haven't got you know you need like six of the eight characters to make it and i'm i only have like three so i don't really care about the moments so that's just me so i don't i didn't really go for the moments but no yeah overall i thought the the talent up was a lot of fun a lot different um and i look forward to the next one rusty what do you think i have very few moments. So I went for it this month when I haven't in the past. I thought the 500 million was a lot more attainable than the previous months. It was 800 million. 
Um, and I, I just, uh, I balked at the number previously. Right. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt to try to go for the moments. Well, I have so few, I have so few that I actually got four new moments and probably the best moment that I could have yeah. gotten. Um, I got, so, so I, my, arguably my best superstar is relentless Kevin Owens. And this has been, yep. the dominoes have been falling in my favor with the sheriff's uh, badge plate and um, uh, as well as uh, the moment that I got the Cody Rhodes um, American nightmare moment that, that in feud makes Kevin Owens produce even more trap gems, even more damage. Uh, so things are going really well. What I don't like about this particular talent up is, okay, so I maxed it and now I've got feud coming up this weekend, but, but now there's a Motu event that started and like, there's mm. no unique coin or TP events. So like, what do I do this week? Do I, do I level up the, the evil skull King triple H or do I wait or do I not? Do, am I wasting resources because I don't have a daily event that's going to benefit me with solo points? I right. feel is the word decent disincentivized to um, make moves this week. I, I'm where I'm, right. I'm really not sure what I'm supposed to do because I would not have had prior knowledge during the town up to know to bring up those characters for these events. So either right. I have to be wasteful or I have to be keenly aware of the entire month calendar. So I'm just a little confused as to like the day-to-day -day management. I like, I like the format of the talent up, but I miss the daily events now because I'm not sure what to do and how to spend. So, so here's one of the big changes that I'm looking at it uh, right now, which by the way, if you see my video, I was ranked number one in the community for a hot minute. I'm now ranked 28. So me dropping a billion coins only has me at 28. The person in first, which is now Kien, uh, Quenito for, from KSMA Slayers, uh, 4.2 billion points on the talent up, but it goes for another two days. So uh, Scopely, uh, you know, Here's a hack the game kind of moment right here. Zach alluded to it on our community spotlight, our first one. Uh, but Scopely rewards those who wait. And like me, uh, I obviously went in and blew the talent up in, in one immediate uh, shot. But, but if I had, if we, uh, the three of us and any in the community uh, like us, had taken the pace and just waited, uh, do a little bit day one, get some rewards, feel good about yourself, and then see what's going to be the midweek event. And then you start, which they were already kind of doing that, because notice one thing from this MLC that uh, hadn't gotten talked about, but there's no Hall of Gold yet. That's usually week one. That's usually the first event. Uh, no Hall of Gold. So normally you do talent up and then you have Hall of Gold and you're like, oh, man, now I wish I would work my Hall of Fame characters. Uh, so it rewards those who play strategic and wait. And so the new plan is still the old plan. It's just not one that I follow uh, in terms of, you know, you wait and you do a little bit day one. And then you've got now instead of two or three days for, for uh, talent up, you've actually got the entirety of the week. So if the MLC starts on Monday, it'll be Monday to Friday. This one was Tuesday to Friday. So you do the key moves that you want to do. 
And then if you need to resource manage and make sure that you're okay with that, then you go ahead and do uh, some additional moves when you find out what that featured character is going to be. They also are rewarding the long-term play by announcing what CSS are going to be coming up for at least the main tour each week. And so like this month, there's APA Bradshaw, who was week one. We've got his three-minute move set up on uh, the YouTube. And by the way, we introduced a playlist that is three-minute move sets for this MLC. So I'll just keep updating that to whatever characters are this current month so you can always find it quick. But then you've got Trish Stratus, Stratus Faction. Uh, you've got your Shawn Michaels, the Showstopper. And you've got uh, Roman Reigns Powerhouse, which I have not made the three-minute move set for because mine is unleveled four-star bronze i haven't touched him since the start of the game i can make i'll make but, that one but but the commonality can, please do the, yeah they're all terrible the css characters this month are all terrible except because they only typically go up to like five star silver five star gold on their tours one node will be six star with the flat gym trainers, flat gym coaches, you can pretty well beat any of their tours. Like Trish and uh, Motu Goldberg and uh, JBL all have create a certain color move or spam a certain color move. So you just put in all of those trainers and and you're good. But the, the point is that they're rewarding you for thinking ahead and making these planning moves to say, okay, talent up week one, I need to bring JBL up. Uh, I need to also do my big moves that I'm excited about. And to be quite honest, uh, I, I no inside information. I don't know Scopely's inner workings, but FOMO is how this game is built out. This is why we spend. This is why we, so if you, you know, spend everything on talent up right away, and then there's this awesome Masters of the Universe mutant event, now you want to spend more resources. And now you want to buy more. And now you want, so, you know, you either play smarter or you spend. Those are, those are kind of the ways. So like I knew up front that I was going to have enough resources that if I spent on the talent up, although I'm desperately out of tokens and black TP again, uh, that I would have enough to keep going into that next talent up. But the biggest thing is now that there's two talent ups every MLC, at least, uh, you have to manage to where you're not just using up all of your moves the first week of the month. You, you have to think about what do I want to take now? What do I want to take week three? And what about those midweek events in the middle? So it's all strategy. It's just find the system, work the system. If I had the ability to do all of that, I would probably own my own business and not play a wrestling video game most days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think they, I think they're taking advantage of people that don't have the abilities to, um, think long-term and run a budget and see big picture and move slowly <laughs> and have, you know, wisdom. Uh, then there's just dummies like me mashing away at these gyms, you know, derping around. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. In this game, because I can't do any of those things. Don't they know this? <laughs> they, well, they, that's why. Okay. So pop culture reference, uh, you know, Mike, you can hop in on this one in a sec too, but Think about the worst X-Men movie, uh, not that one, X-Men The Last Stand, right? And Magneto's forces are going out to fight, and then he sends out all these, uh, like, like pawns, you know, initial troops, and, and then they all get wiped out. And what does Ian McKellen say? That's why the, I can't say it, Mike. Say that's why the pawns go first in, in, uh, 
your sweet British accent, and and we got Ian McKellen here. Who we used. Um, this is why the pawns go first. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, the pawns go first, and then you know the strategic chills. players step back. So. Are they I multiplying? Know. Goosebumps. I'm losing control. <laughs> it's electrifying. You got to step up. You two are having a moment. I need a man. I need a hero. <laughs> well, this is from Greece. For those of you uncultured people, we were going through a scene in Greece together. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I've never seen it. I yeah, was so. playing the part of Olivia Newton-John, and Mike was playing the part of John Travolta, and it was the most romantic thing that's happened in my life in years. So, and wow. just to you know, disclaimer: that was pre creepy fat head bald John Travolta. It was when John Travolta was like, oh, he's normal. He was cool. I mean, he was a cool <laughs> right. guy. And hanging with Mr. What was it called? Uh, Welcome Mr. back. Kata. Mr. Kata. Mr. Yeah. Vinny Barbarino. I mean, he's the coolest ooh, guy ooh, around. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so Mike, if, you, you if you're going to watch Grease, sorry, if you're going to watch Grease, when they start singing the Tell Me More song, just fast forward that because that, that, that song didn't age well. I'll just yeah. leave it. That's true. Uh, well, and pretty much the whole premise of Greece is, um, I mean, the the concept of consent. We've learned a lot since then. We've learned a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Right. Let's move on. So, Mike, thoughts on the MLC changes? What we talked about so far? Um, it's yeah, and I think just kind of, just kind of piggyback of what you're saying is just very much. But I think the the problem is is now they seem to start everything on a Tuesday instead yeah. of a Monday. And there's yeah. nothing to do on a Monday, pretty much. You are kind of like, once Tuesday comes and everything starts, you're like, why won't I do everything? Um, and then and then all of a sudden, suddenly Wednesday comes and, oh, there's two new tours. And, oh, on Thursday, we were introducing this. And suddenly, you know, I opened my phone today and went into the, the tours or whatever it's called, section contests. And it's like, there's so much to do. So, right. yeah, I think... Yeah, patience is the name of the game, but yeah, whatever. I'm just kind of a guy that's logs in plays, so it's exciting that there's a lot of different things going on. There's you know the kickoff tour, there's the MLC tours, there's the Motu tours, um, then the feud. So it's it's gonna be it's fun, and I I, I do somewhat like the 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 change to the the perks because you know it does reset everyone a little bit after us. So it does make it a little bit because sometimes when you get to the end of the month, if you haven't leveled up a certain perk, then showdowns like just miserable because you're just going into a slaughtering field. So if everyone kind of resets again, I think it could be fun. A lot of interesting moves they're making. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely leaning into we talked about it as color theory before that they're leaning into this idea that in every mode now they're trying to get us away from just going, okay, Rusty's got a soon to be six star silver powerhouse KO who can just do everything and anything. So he's just going to use him every single bit of the day. And then you get this other character and you're like, Oh, I'm not even going to build them because I'm building this guy, or I'm not going to worry about the ruthless aggression era. Cause they're not doing anything there. I'm not going to worry about my women's roster. Cause you right. know, they statistically use the women half to a quarter amount of the time as they use the guys in the game, it forces you to make some choices. So now if your top guys like my the top guy on my roster, the top two of my males on my roster are are Trickster Zombie Steamboat and Trickster 
Johnny Knoxville, who, by the way, gets to keep his Dodge. So come at me. Uh, allegedly, 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 he keeps his Dodge. Wait, no, it's official. But anyway, no, uh, they, but there was so just something on the blog that. that said we're not quite sure how to reconcile um, if we remove Dodge from the game and then can't see me, Cena and Johnny Knoxville get to retain Dodge and their move set. So for now, allegedly, right, for now, we're going to allow them right. to keep these moves while we continue to strategize what we're going to do moving forward long term. Right. By the way, somebody uh, somebody in our faction Discord actually solved it. So, uh, Scopely, if, if, if you're listening, here's the answer. You don't dodge the move. You dodge a percentage of the damage. So, like mm -hmm. a gem swipe for acros, maybe it's instead of dodging the entire thing, they can dodge up to 20% of that damage or the tricksters with the moves you don't dodge the entire move maybe you dodge like one aspect of it like maybe it still hits but it doesn't play trap gems maybe it uh still hits but it does less damage maybe so there's still like it doesn't leave you completely ineffective because i am not on the merrick's train where he wants to throw his phone every time dodge goes off oh, I I'm, like i'm but, fully on board with merrick's there yeah are you like about that it always happens at the you're in like this tough battle and okay if i win this i'm gonna get the bonus points and it's gonna oh this is gonna be great and then you realize oh my god once i hit this move it's over and it's always at that moment where you hit it and it dodges at you yeah <laughs> As, i'd right. like to see dodge used to the player advantage like maybe a jimmy hart um you know a heart uh or what do they call the chongo curse the props yeah I, dodge right. could be a prop that would be terrific if like you dodge the next move or something choose. like that. Yes. That yeah. would be so nice. Um, or like you build up a dodge meter and then you can choose when you use it. And then you could also see when the opponent is building up their dodge meter. So maybe if their dodge meter is full, you know, okay, I don't want to use my big move because it might screw up. And, you know, so there's at least some way to strategize around it. Or if you want to strategize, how about this one scoping? Or oh, I've run it past you two. So you're like you say the dodge meter is there, but to build up your dodge meter, you have to match certain color gems, but it's not one of your three main. So it's like, oh, do yeah. I do I yeah. do I focus on my dodge, but then I'm sacrificing not filling up my moves? It could be that right. could be like a loot box. Oh, I like that loot box. too. Loot box could contain dodge meter points, you know, because uh, oh. there's no other inherent value. You know, it'd be really interesting though if uh, just back to the concept if dodge was a prop. And you could bring that into boss battle. Oh, and you could use it on a much. I don't think you're doing that. Oh, 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 now we're dreaming. Now, now we're now we're getting somewhere. If you could bring in a dodge prop right when the boss is ready to smack you, boom! I, oh man! Oh my gosh! I'm I I'm gonna mute for a moment and enjoy this. Well, now we're brainstorming. I think. Should we just use the loot box thing as the dodge meter? Because do we need loot boxes at this point? Because like you'll be like a six star bronze node on the tour, and you'll get the loot boxes. And oh, here's two hundred coins. Oh, right. thanks. Yeah, and if you're king of kings, and and you're and you know, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm, I've got this pass. I'm gonna get three loot boxes regardless. There's no incentive to actually swipe it in game, right? You're not gonna go for the. It's not tempting to hit the loot box. Aside from kickoff and when there's random things like kickoff, like right now, spamming the the normal boss mode with Godfather to make the whole board into loot boxes, it gives you that 
50 to 70 keys, which helps your faction, blah, blah, blah. But other than that, yeah, loot boxes are, they're, they're the botch gem on the board. Like they're the, oh, I don't want to have to hit this. And you hope that the opponent hits them. And, you know, I mean, they, there's some strategy to loot boxes, but yeah. When was the last time other than using Godfather in that way that a three-star loot box based character was important? Well, three-star meta, it was critical to get resource. So like as I watch yeah. Mirix and these free-to-play um, projects that are coming online now, it's still really a big part of the strategy. You, you're like desperate for two purple TP, you know, <laughs> to collect it <laughs> incrementally. Um, That's yeah. true. I mean, I spam I, historically black TP has always been my downfall. And I don't know why. And now as of this talent up, I had five black TP after talent up. I have like 40,000 purple have five black so yeah same like i'm i'm going back to the chats and you know looking through the black pearls line uh conversation of like where where was that spam node where do, where do i farm for black tp again because mm. yeah i'm i mean i'm not free to play in that in, in that i'm not restarting a new account but uh every once in a while you're right you just gotta have them yeah and just one tip for those of you listening if you don't regularly do it it's a great practice to hit that showdown shop every day and check yep. and see what's available there. There's typically three colors of TP being offered uh, for 200. You get 200 TP for however, a thousand showdown coins or whatever it is. But uh, that's something that's worth checking every single day, especially if your resources are slim. That's right. So before we go into WWE TV, uh, last question I've got for us. What do you think about this new MLC having double trickster, trickster free, trickster chase? What What do you think about that? And what do you think about the headbangers? Mike, you you got shifty eyes going right there. You got something working. So go ahead. Uh, I don't care. Um, it's I just look at these as kind of like uh, the characters that I have to. You know, I almost don't look at the skins anymore. The characters that it's just how do they play? Are they any good or not? Um, at this good. point, I think when it, at least when it comes with male characters, there's so many out there that realistically, it's not like people are clamoring for, oh my God, well, there's a trickster this, surely we need, we need a new acrobat or we need a new, like, there's so many out there. So the fact that they're both tricksters doesn't really, uh, bother me that much. Um, the, yeah, the, um, the, 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 where mind blank, mind blank, mind blank. Head, headbangers. Yeah. Headbangers. It's a, it's an odd choice. Like I guess hey, it's it's just a new character. It's not a n- right. another Undertaker. It's not another Steve Austin. It's not another Roman Reigns. So yeah, yeah, I'll take it. But um, yeah, it's, it just seems hey, everyone was celebrating Thanksgiving, and what does everyone think of when they think of Thanksgiving? Yes, Martian <laughs> Thrasher, that famous tag team from the late nineties. Like what? Okay, right. Headbangers, heavy metal, and to be honest, like there's almost this like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey aesthetic going on with some of the things like we're going into Thanksgiving and we're getting bloody masks as yeah. our, it's like yeah, horror weird. Thanksgiving. Super yeah. weird. And I'm um, a fan of heavy metal. I mean, I got a whole shelf right here of Demon Hunter. Like I, I'm a fan of heavy metal music, but, uh, but it's, it is, it's an odd choice, odd timing choice too. And I got to say the animation for is Mosh is the free one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. The animation of him on the screen where he's just like flailing all about, I don't know why. Like I haven't been more unsettled aside from the original Akira Tozawa. Like Akira Tozawa does that bark. 
spark, oh, yeah. spark looking thing. It, I don't know why it drives me nuts. And this one is the same. Like I legitimately was struggling week one. Every time he came on, I was like, get away from the main screen. Like I just, he's just flailing everywhere. I don't like it. To, to, to revisit the Attitude Era uh, two months after we had the Nation of Domination tour with a trickster is yeah. really weird. Um, I, yeah, I mean, just for variety's sake, um, this could have been a Motu month. This could have been a Mutant month. This I love that. A, a PG Era month. Um you know, women's I, legends, women's legends, uh, <laughs> the entire a, month, uh, even the okay, and then to say, um, to have a tag team as and then they're both the same category, like there's so many attitude era favorites that are not right. in game. Um, now we don't know what the weekend characters are going to be. I mean, like right. we could get it, we we could get we'll a, find out tonight a bevy of incredible. Attitude. I think Al Snow is one that people have been calling for for a long time. Blue Meanie. What does everybody want? You know, the Job Squad. Um, you know, Sean Stasiak. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. Planet Stasiak. Yeah. There's, best, there's some real staples of that era that are underrepresented, including the female class, oh, yeah. Sable, Rena Lesnar. Where is she at? Where is Sable, who is arguably the most popular woman of the attitude era and a, a women's champ, not in game. And it's Brock Lesnar's wife, not in game. Super weird, super weird to me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a sort of like Mike to where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily care about the class being uh, redundant as much as I care about like, that's a, that's an odd choice from an underrepresented era that is arguably the most popular era of all of wrestling. And we're still saying it's one of the lesser categories in the game. And it's one of the underpowered categories in the game. So. Yeah. Could have been what we could have been worse. Instead of Mosh, we could have got Beaver cleavage. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah. I, that actually, gimmick also didn't age. Like well, he's had Beaver cleavage is the free one. And then his mom was the chase character. <laughs> Someone oh, wrote wow. that. Someone wrote Which that really in, in the comments of the Davy D blog reveal. They're like, "How have we gone this long on this blog and not mentioned Beaver? Like, how how is it possible <laughs> that his name has not come up yet?" Um, and so, the Attitude Era, for all of its skeletons in the closet, certainly was a memorable Katie era. Vicks in the coffin. I mean, Anyways. just so many terrible. There was one angle about. Triple H and some sort of necrophilia with Katie Vick. Oh, okay. Well, that was the same thing. That was terrible. Yeah, terrible, 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 terrible. I think it I was. group everything. I think I group everything like pre-Cena. Maybe that was Cena involved in that too, but it's like I think if no. Cena it's like all attitude to me. So I think Cena yeah. just debuted on SmackDown when Triple H was playing with Katie Vick. Oh, I remember yeah. my timelines. And then um, he also had Heidenreich reading poems to Michael Cole. Well, this is the perfect time to segue into my favorite segment on the show oh. where we, oh, Lee's got one more thing before we one, hit it. One more quick thing. Sorry, yeah, sorry, but I just, this is important to this MLC. The one thing they did with Mosh that 
everybody in the community was talking about for a while is if you are a new player who didn't originally, uh, you know, within the last five years of the game really get started out, there is no path to get Sin Cara. And Sin Cara is one of the most important trainers for multiply gyms. Uh. Mosh replaces Sin Cara and then some. So, so now one of the big, like, oh, if you're starting this game and you're, you're not going to get Akam, you're not going to get Sin Cara, you're not going to get this person, you know, they never reskinned him. They never made him available again. Therefore, it was like your multiply gym guys are lesser if you're a newer player. That's this right. removes one more barrier for newer players because now this free guy is Sin Cara and better. So does Thrasher, that's all does Thrasher have a Matt Hardy ability? No, his sucks. I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember what it is. If you want to pull it up, but it's, wouldn't that have been cool if they good. gave Thrasher the the Matt Hardy uh, also multiply yeah. gym increase ability, and then people would have probably played pretty hard because Matt Hardy is a um, free to play character's uh, dream of getting that guy yeah. newer to the game. Yep. Yep. Well, let's right, transition. Mike, no, go ahead, Mike. No, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I keep trying, going. Rusty. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll ahead. get there eventually. Well, I'm just trying to think of ideas to help out Scopely, right? So if you're thinking about Thanksgiving, I've only got a couple of ideas yet. I've got a year to think about it next. Let's hear it. But if you want to theme it to be Thanksgiving, right? then this is where we could, like, what you think about Thanksgiving meal, right? So you could have Sean Stasiak, meat. So that's, that's your meat. Right. <laughs> and then you could have a new droop. Drew Mac and Cheese. Uh, McIntyre. <laughs> with a yellow um, noodle beard. Yeah, we could we could have fun with that. We'll we'll brainstorm that. We've got, we've got a year. We've got a year. Glaring what? omission was to not make the gobbledygooker a um CSS character that everyone got for free. I think. I think he will be. Uh I don't know if we're gonna get him for free, but but there has been some confirmation he will be on Thanksgiving week. There will be a oh. gobbledygooker appearance uh possibly new gear although he's already got like three gears and i still don't even have the character in the first place yeah but, i don't have it you know how does he have three different costumes didn't he only like well, they really did like a make one appearance one. is he an egg right. in one appearance no 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 he's one of them is like he's uh hall of fame he's gold one of them is like he's smoking like he's in the oven and then i don't even remember oh, the other one the morbid. original gear that's inappropriate that's morbid <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it fits this massacre Halloween theme. That on we're doing. Turn that up the heat. Note, on that note, let's turn our attention. Oh, just one more thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> WWE, TV, WWE TV, WWE TV. This is one of my favorite segments we do on the show, and we actually splice this off separate for fans that just watch wrestling and don't play champions. What is your favorite thing happening on WWE TV? Mike, you want to start? Favorite thing? See, I don't know if it's like anything that's going on right now, particularly. But overall, my I'm a big fan. Fan? fan. Why did I just pronounce it? Th. Um, my big, I'm biggest fan of uh, Imperium. I still wish they could. I'm loving Gunther. Mm. Um, I'm. Fan fiction, I think he him because I'll get into what annoys me in a minute. But you have the bloodline. Every Roman Reigns match, there's run-ins, run-ins, run-ins. Who would be the perfect foe for them? Imagine Roman Reigns versus Gunther with Imperium, and to, that'd be fun. Um, I love that. Mm. Not a big fan of the bloodline thing right now. It's kind of dragging out. Um, 
so you know a bit of that's about it really there's not much really going on that i'm excited about i guess the eo sky curry sane reunion is yeah. pretty exciting i'm excited to see where that goes because i like the fact that bailey didn't look like she was expecting that so finally because i've i've not to, i know we're talking about what's our favorite things right now and i'm always being negative but i thought the damage control thing was going on a bit too long and you know iris guy has been a champion for so long but she's always playing second fiddle and that dragged out too long so i'm glad that this is happening a little bit of a shake-up um uh yeah anyone else can go next yeah i i think um i'm building off of yours there it would be really cool if EO left uh, damage control. Her and Kyrie start something, and she reclaimed EO Shirai. And then, like when she's when she's in in this version of herself, she's EO Shirai. And then when they need to go back to EO Sky, then she you know that could be like her like signifying whether she's fan favorite or whether she's the villain or you know who knows who knows. But I, I think uh, Crown Jewel that was that was one of those moments. I, I felt like Crown Jewel uh, kind of was a glorified house show again with like two, maybe three big exceptions. How dare you? How dare our Saudi audience is furious that you said that. Well, dang it. I'm sorry about that. But what, what happened? I mean, really like Drew McIntyre lost. I I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm on the anti Seth train at this point. Like he's a great wrestler. I'm just so bored with him. I, I am yeah. more invested in Roman as champion for another three years than I am oh. Seth as champion for another three minutes. Like Ouch. I just, uh, you know, like knowing drew wasn't going to walk away with the victory. Like, ugh, didn't like it. Uh, the, the tag team match was, was fine for me. Uh, you know, again, again, out of all the things that are happening, not just in uh, crown jewel, but, but in the, the overall product, I continue to be amazed by one, how much I want to dislike Logan Paul and two, how much he keeps showing that he is like one of the best in the ring. And this time and on the mic saved Rey Mysterio's career legitimately saved his career. That spot like, okay. As a, as a fan of wrestling, I cannot say, anything bad about logan paul as a fan of wrestling i can i can say i don't like logan paul is youtube i've never watched it i don't know i don't know he's he he's better at being austin theory than austin theory is he's better (laughs) at taking selfies and he's better at the viral social media than grayson waller is he is Mm -hmm the personification of who all these young guys are trying to be. He actually is that thing to put the belt on him is brilliant for cross brand promotion. He's going to wear that Joker online for millions of non wrestling fan viewers and attract an audience. There's a generation out there that did not grow up watching wrestling. that will now be exposed to wrestling he's good for business and that's triple h has always been about logan paul is good for the business and he did you're right he saved Rey mysterio from a potentially serious botch falling on his head or neck yeah and and harry didn't blow his quads or his what because he landed 
awkwardly as well while he was catching Ray. He was like, right. so right. to catch him and then to stand up like that, it was like, you, you can't teach those instincts, I don't think, right. at the development center. Either you are a good person that cares about the health of the person you're in the ring with, or you don't. And I, I mean, I, I just think we saw what happened with Ray missing that spot and getting a concussion and having to step out of the ring for a month, right? When he went outside the ring, uh, hit his head on the on the basically cement floor um, because he didn't get caught by his LWO um, teammates. And um, so, yeah, all that to say, it might be time for Ray to evaluate some of these risky moves. Um, yeah. I love Ray, but gosh, don't put yourself in danger if you can't. <laughs> It, it something's off what was a something's simple off. move i mean something he might have slipped on the ropes or i mean it was a simple right. enough move for for what he i mean compared to you know like if you saw brock lesnar get up there of course brock famously did the shooting star press and all that but if you saw someone of that like braun Strowman, you saw braun Strowman try that move and everybody's going oh dear lord what's about to happen right. ray you're like he could pull that off in his sleep, literally. And yeah. it just, it's one of those freak things. But, but the fact he? that Logan Paul was right there, like changed the plan and boom, got him. That was impressive. And my thought is, but can he anymore pull those off in his sleep? He's, he's, he's and older he's than we are. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he's been at the top, he's been at the top for over two decades and, yeah. um, and taken, three decades you know he's taken yeah. hit after hit been on the road doing house shows doing these maneuvers it takes its toll on the body um let me let me change gears because i love ray and i just want him to stay healthy uh my favorite thing about wwtv right now can i share it it's it's i've got two wild things that are not these are deep tracks number one is the alpha academy pushing to zawa to, I don't know what it is, these feats of strength now that he's attempting and he's showing up on NXT, he's challenged, like there is a career revitalization for Tozawa, which has been really, really fun to watch. WWE's always had these comedy acts, but Alpha Academy is able to, to be believable that they actually have skill and be the comedy act. And um, they're wildly entertaining. And I hope, here's a just a long shot prediction. I would love to see the Alpha Academy adopt Chase U and to somehow take over and incorporate Chase University into the Alpha Academy to where suddenly they have a roster of like 10 deep that are being trained by Chad Gable um, to be these up and comers. I think that would be exciting. Second thing, and this is just weird, is there's something very captivating about this Nikki Cross stare ahead where she is mm. not moving, not Maybe. speaking, um, like she's in a trance. So they can go a lot of places with this. I hope where they're going with it is she's the first to be recruited via trance by whatever this, the rumor of the Wyatt family resurgence 
maybe Bray, I doubt they would ever use that on the air, is speaking to her in some sort of spirit realm, right? And calling her in to come with, uh, uh, and I, that's probably too out there. And I, and I even, even, you know, reading your face is like, yeah, that'll probably never happen. But they're saying they're going to bring back the Wyatt family. They're saying they're going to do the uncle howdy lines. They're saying they're going to do some sort of Wyatt seven without Bray. Nikki cross is perfect for that. I mean, I could see that, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think they'll be doing the whole Bray Wyatt speaking to her from beyond the grave. I think that would be a bit, bit weird, but I, I could definitely get behind. Like there's one time where she's maybe standing backstage or staring and then out of the shadows, you just see uncle howdy and then it cuts away. That would be pretty exciting. I'd would, I'd be down for him coming back. Cause I think Bo, I mean, when he's ready, I think it'd be cool for him to come back into the fold. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think, I think the obvious uh, direction with this is it's probably sanity. I mean, that was one of Triple H's babies anyway. Uh, you know, whenever Vince McMahon came, came back into power, Eric Young famously left again. Deuces. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> see, I'm not out, I'm not here for Vince McMahon. Uh, and so who knows? Maybe he got him back. Maybe he got uh, Killian Dane back. Maybe, maybe it's going that way. But it, people like me who are expecting that if you did have that moment like i often commend rusty for his booking mike i'm commending you for your booking i want to watch that i want to watch nikki cross standing there and uncle howdy comes up behind and then boom it cuts out like that would be riveting television and what i like most about this we talked about the attitude era when we were talking about the the game portion of the show um this is the type thing they did in the attitude era akira tozawa you know, being like where you would see these B characters over here who are doing these things that aren't going to change. It's not going to be the world title changing picture. It's not going to change. It was just fun. It was just fun. And Alpha Academy is just fun, right? This thing with Nikki Cross, it's fun. You're intrigued. You want to know what's going to happen next. I I like it. I like well, it. The, um, you mentioned that the, the attitude era of things happen fun, even though they're only like a small player in the big scheme of things. One of my favorite things growing up was watching was crash holly when he oh, would yeah. he was the super heavyweight and he would come to the ring carrying the scales and he would like weigh himself and he'd be like 520 pounds and he's like he's tiny <laughs> like slightly bigger than spike dudley he was right. great yes I, I love that all right so to close it out i want to ask the wwe tv question that we haven't gotten to because we don't really talk aew that much survivor series war game is coming up it's in chicago is chick magnet phil coming back to wwe is cm punk the hidden reveal yeah i was about to say can you clarify the chick magnet because i i don't know that everyone would know him by that name yeah is he it's in chicago it's in chicago they've sold out the arena and opened up more seats because there's a rumor that CM Punk might be back. Would Triple H do that subversive of a move? I mean, this would be, Vince famously would work with anyone. Ultimate Warrior burned the bridge down and then peed on it, and Vince brought him back as as the featured character. Would Would TKO Holdings see enough value in bringing back CM Punk that they would risk the backstage environment that that allegedly would create. 
Bring it, bring it back is what? I mean, I don't know. Let's hear. I, see punk. <laughs> I mean, like it's a, is in ring. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he proved he could go in AEW. He was world champion before he burned the whole entire world down. I don't know. Well, unfortunately, I don't want to say anything bad about him, but a lot of his things was he kept getting injured. That was uh, so that was kind of what derailed him a little bit as well. He hit stop, start, stop, start with his injuries. But um, I think in a weird way, I think the fact that the TKO merger has happened, I think, makes it somewhat more likely that he will come in. Um, just because I think he knows at the very least, I mean, obviously Vince and all that still have a lot of saying power, but it's not Vince's company, quote unquote, anymore. And also now I could see with, not to get too into the nitty gritty business side of things, but we're still talking about TV rights. Cause I know SmackDown is moving to USA. NXT is going to the CW. I don't think they've announced raw rights yet. So they they're, still they're, they're the creating that as their flagship show again, and they're trying yeah. to shop it to somebody big, a Disney, an Amazon, somebody. So I wouldn't be shocked if they were thinking, hey, this if he's willing to play ball, let's bring in CM Punk, get the numbers up, get a bit of press, get a bit of attention on us, and hopefully that will jack up the price. So I, I, I'm yeah. not saying yes or no either way, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he came in. It wouldn't shock me either at this point. I think, you know, Triple H, obviously different than Vince McMahon, but but obviously he's he was raised by, in so many ways. <laughs> I mean, in his career from being Terra rising on up, he was raised by Vince McMahon in that sense and then became part of the family. Although behind the scenes, you know, Wrestle Talk uh, or no, What Culture was actually talking about it yesterday. TKO in their SEC filing on this actually has started to distance themselves from Vince McMahon. They they absolutely listed him as a liability on the company's ledger because of his past and stuff. So the thought is that maybe Ari Emanuel, TKO brought in Vince because they knew they needed it. They used him to get this UFC deal with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia because Dana White's absolutely said Vince McMahon made that deal happen. He's the reason that we're getting this big exposure. Uh, and then they're kind of slowly pushing Vince off to the side because he they're, they're publicly calling him problematic. They're publicly calling him a liability on their asset sheet, which is I mean, that's that's bold. You know, that's <laughs> that's uh, you don't do that to Vince McMahon and expect him not to try and burn the world down. So who knows? But but yeah, I could see TK. I mean, CM Punk has history with UFC. He has history with WWE, obviously. And when he came to AEW, the entire company went to here. Like, say what you will about how, oh my gosh, he screwed up. That we talk about culture. I mean, again, like this is this is my thing. The, the Black Pearl has such a great faction culture. That alone is worth it compared to having a CM Punk. Because if you bring in CM Punk and he just tanks backstage morale, tanks whatever, but the company gets a million more views is it worth it i i don't know i, I don't know long term i don't think so so maybe he does can offer maybe Triple H brings him in. i'd like to offer a contrarian perspective um i don't i don't think punk is coming back to wwe i don't think chicago is going to happen i don't think he's the draw that um he was however many years ago that was his return to wrestling was the story. It was exciting. Right. 
now that he's been back, I don't think he's a draw. I don't think only insider marks millennials are excited about punk on any level people living in nostalgia, but what does he do for acquisitions? He doesn't acquire new fans. He's not growing the company. He's not growing the product. I don't think, uh, and people know, uh, at least I would agree with Mike. He's, I don't think he's ring ready. I don't think you can put a belt on him. I don't think he's healthy. Um, and I think he knows it. And I think, inve- I, so, so that's what I was like, bring him back as what, as what, maybe in the booth, like, okay. But is he, is he, is he, is he a draw in the booth or is he a tip of the hat to an era that's bygone? Um, Punk, the legend of punk is better than punk actually was. The one pipe bomb and the Cena match and the taking the title and running out of the arena, which was all a work, by the way, um, was incredible. It was incredible. It will never be that again. It will never be that again. The same way if the rumor was that Stone Cold Steve Austin was rumored to be coming back in Chicago. We'd be going as what? As what? I mean, he wrestled. His his now last WrestleMania match was against KO in the main event of WrestleMania. So uh, maybe, maybe. But CM Punk famously is the number one pro wrestling shirt seller on the wrestling tees websites that aren't tied to WWE. Okay. No, that's interesting. So I didn't know he that. does move the needle. And, and when edge came back, their big thing was, okay, CM Punk is gone. We need somebody on his level that can move that edge comes back. And then numbers just go like up, down, little, 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 little down, but wrestling okay. or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I, I listened to a lot. Ironically, uh, Mike, not not le- leaning into your your uh, country of origin here, but Wrestle Talk, What Culture, and WrestleMania, all famously very very British wrestling sources, but they tend to be the ones who have the best, the funniest, the most insightful wrestling commentary. And they often, you know, famously Ollie Davis from Wrestle Talk is a huge CM Punk mark, whether that's real at this point or whether he's just leaning into the gimmick. Um, but he talks about that all the time. And the 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 reality is Adam Copeland did not move the needle the way that CM Punk did. One way or another, AEW can prove that with their ratings, with their merchandise sales, right. etc. Right. So when it, the, the merch is set, he's still I think AEW's top other than AEW branded swag, I think he's still AEW's top merchandise seller. Because I just checked if you go to AEWshop.com, they still sell CM Punk gear. They still share, still sit CM Punk t-shirts. So they're doing that for a reason because he makes money for them still. So, and like I said, I'm not saying if I, if they bring him back, he's going to be, like I said, they're going to push him to the moon. He's going to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But I, the, way, the way I was looking at it is because TV ratings, they just need to pick up a number for the networks to get a bigger number for their renewal. And like I said, maybe he's not going to make a huge difference, but you know, even if you kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm done with CM Punk. If he makes it comes back at Survivor Series and then they say, hey, we hear from CM Punk on Raw, most people, even if they're not fans of CM Punk, they're probably like, oh, all right, fine. What's he going to stop? What, how is this going to play out? And yeah. people are going to tune in. Agree. And, I agree. And then WWE gets to go to the networks. Like, look, we've got CM Punk. Look at the demo number bumped up this much because he was on it. And networks are like, oh, numbers, good. 
Give me and then it, that, that's what I care about. <laughs> business, business, business. That's yeah, a really good right. take. They might they might dangle punk in front of a prospective buyer's face and say, We're gonna sign the rival top merchandise moneymaker as well. I mean that that's a great right. take, Mike. Because even if they just offer him, I don't I'm just throwing out numbers, I don't know contracts, but even if they were to offer CM Punk like we'll give you a one year deal for a million dollars. I don't know, this is like that that million dollars could help them in the short term get right. an extra 50 million from TV money. So it yeah I wouldn't be shocked. Well Fox famously in fact again back to recent SEC filings, recent outside of the ring events, Fox just basically threw WWE under the rug. Russell Talk did a big expose on it this week. And one of the big things that they said is we wanted CM Punk and WWE refused to bring him back. So they weren't playing ball the way we wanted to. So we're done. That's why they brought him back to Fox WWE backstage show. Um, they wanted him to be that face of the Fox branded WWE. And then when that didn't happen and when Brock Lesnar started getting less and less appearances and came Velasquez flamed out quickly and Ronda Rousey decided she didn't like wrestling until she does again and blah, blah, blah. Like that was all things that Fox cited as why they didn't renew their contract with WWE. They specifically said it was not worth their return on investment but here's what would have been and cm punk was one of the shadow figures that they kind of threw out there like if they would have gone this way we might we might still be talking to each other who knows take that rusty huh well <laughs> marks you guys can I mean, marks I mean, care about i'm CM with punk. it I, I like i agree <laughs> if broadcasting rights are the if he's the lure to land it i could i could see that happening i could i mean i agree you've convinced me and if I've achieved yep. nothing today, I've achieved that. Well, Mike, I want you to achieve at least one other thing. Before we go, why don't you – that's right. You see that on the YouTube video. You've got that podcast mug. Why don't you promote the Black Pearl in your podcast before we cut this out? So, yeah, if you are looking for affection in WWE Champions where it's kind of laid back and a lot of fun to hang out with, yes, you have to download an app that no one's ever heard of for the last six years, but whatever. You don't actually have to do it, but it's fun to do it. Um, yeah, the Black Pearl, check us out on in WWE Champions. For me, you can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever Elon Musk's doing this week, um, at Only Mike Fish, the podcast at Wafflebox Pod on YouTube. Enjoy wafflebox.com to get the uh, the audio links. Uh, at Wafflebox on X. So you just plenty of stuff to follow me at Only Mike Fish on Twitch. Loads of ways you can keep tabs on me and keep hearing my wonderfully alluring sexual British accent. That's right. Rusty, anything before we go? Yeah. I mean, here's my thing is um, there's, there's probably a group of listeners out there. That's just disenfranchised from the game. Maybe you've had a bad experience with a faction. Maybe you are feeling unmotivated. Um, maybe you're tired of spending or maybe you're tired of being told you know, you're not towing the line. I I would just, on behalf of our podcast and behalf of myself, I would encourage you to join a healthy faction like the Black Pearl because it can be therapeutic for you. It could be a healing experience. You need to be in some good culture um, just to restore your perspective on the game. And that's what the Black Pearl did for me. It restored 
perspective on the game after I chased hard, after I had to fill out forms and minimums and rotations and movements and so many of the things that Mike talked about that really just burnt me out. When Lee invited me back to play the game, being in that environment uh, was exactly what I needed. So let me just say for that, don't give up on the game, but maybe give up on that toxic faction that you're dealing with. That's all for me. And uh, next week, we are going to be continuing this series of what does it look like to be a, uh, a faction leader in the game? And we do have the faction leader of a toxic, but not toxic faction, toxic mafia in the mix. So want to thank oh. Mike, want to bring in the Waffle Box shout out one more time. Go like, share and subscribe to them on YouTube. Check EnjoyWafflebox.com. Check out enjoywafflebox.com and keep smashing gems together because this is an amazing community. Let's create a good culture around it together. Mike, will you teach us how to set up a Twitch? Yes.